Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you to another Lion's Den, Corona Files. Real quick, the reason why we call it the Corona Files is because this is a time in history where we want to uh, log certain events. Now, of course, we have our show on Sundays. You guys know that. But Wednesdays is another time within a week where we can break up um, discussion, talk about social issues like we do on Sundays, but we kind of focus in on the things that's going on currently. I'm not a, I'm not what you will call a religious man. However, I do believe in God. And I believe in the God in you. What I would like to do is um, take a minute. I'm going to ask you all to really focus in on this show. I'm going to ask you all to, uh, to come together for a moment of thought. To come up with a real good solution. I ask that you think about love, love for humankind. We're not going to dive in the problems, the problems that's been going on for so long. What we wanna do is talk about the solution, right and wrong. That's what we're talking about. So, I do ask you to dig deep, use that discernment, and be engaged in the conversation because we can't do it alone. But I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Lions Den. Um, I'm honored. I'm sure the rest of the you know, the crew, you know, we're all we're all honored um, that you came on today and joining us. So. Shout out to you. We love you. Um, but that's what it's going to take. Keep in mind, this is this is what it's going to take, ladies and gentlemen. So, now this hurt. Keep in mind, it does. And I'm sure like many of you have lost sleep, angry, uh, tired, uh, pissed off, don't know who to yell at why then we're going through this quarantine mess so we can't connect with each other the way we used to i understand i do understand it's jacking me up badly so it was on my heart heavy this show today incredibly heavy because we were going to have this discussion after the Ahmaud Arbery case to really dive deep and then of course by a horrible circumstance, George Floyd. So yeah, it's more than just, I'm mad, I'm mad. Let's just go break up some stuff 
And it's more than just, let's just sit here and talk about it. Now, I want y'all to, again, like I said in the beginning, just think about who you are, where you are, the God you believe in, the God that's in you. This is a moment in history, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Corona Files, but this is a day that you need to be conscious. All right. So we're going to go and introduce the crew. This is my this 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 is my people. All right, we 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 got them. We got them going in. Foots, what's up, brother? How you feeling? Man, boy, this has been a good evening, everybody. First of all, Facebook fam, Miami fam, wherever you at, tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to us at the Lions Den. We love y'all. Um, it's like you said, I'm gonna piggyback off what you said, man. We are living in some trying times right now, and all we can do is hold on and embrace each other and come together, man. It, it really is, man. It's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy right now, man. It really is. You're absolutely right. Hey, but you know what? I'm glad that we're here together to have this dialogue because it's, it's needed. It is most definitely needed. My brother Larry, Larry, what's popping, man? How you feeling? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? I'm good. It's been a long, long, long day. So, you know, my brother had to go to work today. He's doing no more telework. So, outside of that, just the news over the weekend and all, all this chaos that's going on in the world, you know, this should be a good discussion. Like, seriously, a really good discussion. And hopefully it's something that sparks some sort of initiative and not just discussion about emotions and all this reckless stuff going on, but like a real discussion about what what's the way forward. That's what I'm looking to hear. What's the way forward? Absolutely, absolutely. And we're, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that. Big Herm, how you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. How y'all living, man? Everybody good? I hope everybody's good that's listening. Um, I know the news, news got everybody, everybody's mind racing about what we can do, what we can do. My social media has blown up about this stuff and it's repetitive over and over. I do ask uh, for people that that find themselves seeing this repetitive over and over to try to take a break. Um, not saying, you know, forget about the issues, but man, take care of your mental health when you're looking at this stuff over and over because it can get to you. And before you know, you're so, so sucked up and you might be in a state of depression or something else. Um, I hope that everybody listens to this with an open mind an open heart, you know, and, and listen, there, there might be some things that I say or somebody else might say that you don't agree with, but understand that we're trying to come to a, a place of togetherness, trying to find a way forward. You're right. You're right, man. And again, I, I do want to make sure that um, I reiterate that as well, the mental health stand piece, standpoint. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is like like Will, not Will, I'm sorry, like Foot said, this is trying times, and then this can mess with your psyche. Lord have mercy, everybody. I mean, you can, this can cause you to turn on individuals that is not the problem. Did you hear what I mean? Just based off of the way they look the way they act, or like he was saying on social media. As soon as somebody says something stupid, you're like, you know what? You one of them. Okay. Chill out. Chill out. If you need to take a step back, do that. All right? Take a step back. Will, what's popping, man? How you feeling? 
man, uh, I'm blessed to be here, brother. Um, I appreciate every one of you gentlemen for being able to come onto this platform and have discussions like this because I think it's valid. I think it's needed, and I think people need to hear it so they don't react irrational where it can give them some, some tangible goals versus reacting out of emotion, doing something stupid, right? Um, but for the most part, brother, I, I am tired. Uh, I'm tired of saying the same things, not just with the police, but with us too, right? Um, enough about me. Uh, I want to get into our, our guest today, uh, a brother from another mother, retired Army Sergeant Philip D. Blackman. And when I tell you about this man, he has a history. So you guys know about terrorism, right? They like to blow stuff up. Well, this brother faced this first as an EOD tech that's dealing with explosive ordnance disposal. This brother has done two tours to Iraq, has supported the Secret Service in conjunction with George W. Bush. He has disposed of over 150 million pounds of explosives, almost 7,000 pieces of things that we don't want to touch or deal with. And ultimately, in doing all this in the Army, he sustained a lot of injuries from being unconscious due to a worldwide bomb three feet away from his door. Um, hearing, lost hearing in his right ear, back issues, brain traumatic injury, the whole nine. But he's here with us to talk about what clicked with him to want to discuss issues like this. So, brother, a hey, welcome, Philip. Glad to have you on the show. Look forward to hearing this, this story that you got behind the madness, brother. Thank you for being on with us. Welcome, well, welcome, 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 welcome. Oh. Hey man, thank you very much, guys, for uh, for having me on the this live. Um, well, you know, I I reached out um, just to kind of give you guys a little background. Um, I posted a video about Ahmad Arbery. Uh, one of you know, I, I'm always posting videos. One of my followers on Facebook um, asked me to post a video about the Ahmad Arbery case, and I figured, well, if you're going to step out there and you're going to post a video, you better make sure you're right. And because I looked at the situation and I and I, I saw that same horrible video that everybody else did. Um, and, you know, I, I got to tell you guys, I'm really getting tired of the nonsense. Um, I'm getting tired of the of the, the, the bigotry, the the name calling, <clears throat> the racism back and forth. And and then here we go getting ready. 18 days or 19 days ago now was when I posted that video. And now we have George Floyd. Um, so we had this great idea and I reached out to Seth uh, about three weeks ago, like, Hey man, we need to have a conversation. And you know, I, I've been calling for it in my instigator change uh, cycle. We need to have a conversation. And I reached out to Seth because I'm a follower, I'm a fan. And he was, he was gracious enough to have me on board and man, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Right on, man. And listen, we thank you. Seriously. Thank you for being on because we need to have these type of conversations and not have the conversations in a bubble, if that makes sense, right? Because what we will tend to do is is come up with our own ideas and then our own solutions, and then we'll miss the whole boat. But um, just moving forward, and we got another guest on, everybody. We got Mr. George Boyd. Let me tell you a little something about him. So he's in Kentucky right now, all right? He's a uh, physical education uh, teacher at Lebanon Elementary School. Thank you for what you do, brother. I know it's not easy, especially little kids. You know, I don't like kids. Anyway, so, but no, thank you for that, man, uh, for doing that. So he's uh, he attended a Christian institute, 
excuse me, in Campsville University, all right? And you're originally from Horse Cave, Kentucky. Small spot, huh? All right, all right. Well, that's what it is. But anyway, so he's been recognized and received various awards that has uh, depicted God's ability to use ordinary men to do extraordinary things. You know what, brother? Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're on. I am. I'm, I'm glad that you're on. Uh, the reason why is because you you bring a different type of um, a different type of thought process, which is needed. But I do want to welcome you to the Lions Den, brother. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Right, all right. So go ahead, brother. Tell us a little bit about why you feel as though it was time to have this conversation. Right, yeah, yeah. So first of all, um, thank you all for having me uh, on. It's, a, again, as Philip said, it's an honor, a uh, privilege to be able to talk a little bit just about um, everything that's happened over the past, I mean, years, but specifically uh, months. But again, uh, I'm inspired, you know, as I began to, to look at uh, what all was transpired. Uh, as Philip said, I'm tired, uh, you know, working with little kids specifically for me, uh, I don't want them to have to grow up in a culture and a world that they uh, cannot live uh, safely, confidently without having to look over their shoulder every day. Uh, and so that's what really uh, has inspired me to, to, to want to talk, to want to speak out. Uh, I haven't made a video yet uh, like Philip, but I, I have been very vocal about my standpoint on uh, you know, where we, where we are as a culture, as a community, as a society. And, and, and so uh, I too want to do whatever I can to, to, to be a voice for those uh, children, people that have no voice. I want to do my part to shine a light uh, in darkness for those people that can't uh, do theirs. I've, I've, and so that's where I am. Uh, I don't want to take too much time talking about me, but I do want to do whatever I can in this uh, demographic or in this dynamic to uh, speak and bring a different type of perspective that maybe will inspire change uh, for our world. So, yeah. Absolutely. And look, before we get into it, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for tuning in and share this. Please share this. If if you feel convicted anyway, please share this. If you feel led to do this, I want to give a shout out to everybody. Andy, my brother, Ernest, how you doing? Hey, I see Ron Dunn up in there. Keith, hey, Castell, hey, what's going on, Chief? I see a lot of, hey, Eric, I see y'all out there, Miss Ashley. Hey, Jeremy Wiley, everybody out there, we love y'all. Please share this. It, it only takes two seconds. Boom, share it, because this is a conversation that needs to happen. And I'm sure it's happening in different locations and in different times or whatever, but we're really going to focus on action. But first, we need to identify certain things that led us here. So, Phil, I want to ask you, what is it? Or what has happened in your career, all right, prior to the military or prior to, you know, doing what you're doing now, what has happened to led you to speak up when it comes down to injustice or social issues that you see? You know, just kind of fell in my lap. Um, I guess, I, you know, everybody has their line of intolerance. And for me, um, you know, I've been I've been watching a lot of the shenanigans that's going on uh, through social media. You know, there's, there's all types of. Facebook lawyers and, you know, great philosophers on Facebook and it's, and everybody's, you know, they're saying the same thing, but they're using different and more aggressive words. You know, they, they approach everything with a, with a bias and, and it's going to happen because we are from different backgrounds, socioeconomic race, religion, creed, sexual orientation. Um, 
I think where I really lost my mind, where I, <laughs> when I lost my mind, I guess I should say where I found my mind was um, when Kobe Bryant died. You know, I'm not a I'm not a basketball fan. I'm not a Kobe Bryant fan. Um, but what really my first video went viral, and it was you know because veterans were I felt like veterans were minimizing the death of Kobe Bryant. You know, well, what about us veterans? Nobody cares. You know, when when a veteran dies, nobody says boo. But a, a basketball player who's not a hero, by the way, does, and everybody's upset. And you know. That, that's that's toxic garbage. That's toxic mindset. And so I spoke out and wanted to uh, want to try to change the conversation. You know, kind of check my own veterans. You know, as as warfighters, we we got to check ourselves periodically. And if and if we don't, if we go unchecked, we're going to go on to be toxic leaders and toxic people. So that's kind of the what what really set me. I mean, I, I saw it happening, and of course, my father is probably the biggest racist and bigot that you would ever want to meet. Um. And, you know, you, you learn how to be a man by watching bad people so you don't in, end up emulating what they do. And that was that was my take. Yeah, I can dig it. And you know what? I'm glad that you did because you have other individuals that just buy into what's happening at, at home. Right. And so now it's just bred into, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even though there's no reason to hate a person, but because you see it. You, you you've come you've sir come to it Herm what you got brother <laughs> hey so Philip I remember that um that Kobe Bryant video that you made that's that's where I linked up with you and added you to Facebook and I appreciated that because that was always my stance I remember it happened when Whitney Houston died uh people talked about what about the vets like that's the only time we can remember vets is when a celebrity died so, but I, I, I remember that video went viral and blew up all over the place. And I have to expect that the people that might have been in your circle or the people that felt they know you probably might have started looking at you different. Like, yo, what is he talking about? He, he ain't supposed to talk like that. He's, he's one of us. You know what I mean? Why is he, why is he taking that stance? And as you continue to take this stance with the Ahmaud Arbery case, and I've seen other videos that you've made, and you stay pretty consistent, you know what I'm saying, with, with your views on how you're going forward. Can you talk to us about how you're being received with, with, with people that might have been in your circle or the outside part of your circle that might have thought they've known you? Oh, brother, man, I uh, <laughs> um, I had I had more veterans reach out and wish me tons of hate mail because I'm betray- I'm a betrayer, right? Uh, you know, I, I got I've been called everything but a white man. I mean, seriously, it was it was. For the most, believe it or not, most of the people that reached out to me after uh, that video with Kobe, man, I, I, I'm, I firmly believe that if I'd have put my name in the ballot box for president, I would have had the black vote locked down, man. Because I had so many people reaching out, you know, and it was it was kind of it was nice, man. That kind of that kind of fueled me. Um, but yeah, it just I, I'm a lot of people, yeah, and even with um, with the Ahmad Arbery, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a traitor to my race. I actually got got told that, which. You know, man, hey, that that hate that fuels me. I appreciate it. You know, bring it on. No is my vitamin. Wow. Wow. You you know, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But I mean, it, it takes courage, seriously, to be able to continue to have these conversations and be okay with that voice. Now, have you always had this or what what did you see besides the Kobe Bryant, right? What 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 did you see growing up that caused you to say, you know what, this is how I mean, I see right and wrong, not black and white. 
You, you get what I mean? Because I, the reason why I think that this is important, extremely important, is because our rage, based off of what's going on right now, will could blind us from connecting with individuals like you or other individuals. If you are not black, you don't understand. And not saying that you do completely understand because you will never be black. However, uh -huh. you are willing to shut up and listen. You're willing to sit down and, and just say, you know what? Let me take this because there are certain things I will never be able to understand, but I'm willing to hear it. So when did that happen for you? Well, you know, I've always believed that, you know, God gave us two eyes, two ears and one mouth, and we need to learn how to use that proportionally. Um, one of my very first, I, again, going back to growing up in a racist, bigoted home, what, uh, my father was a locksmith. Uh, he was a coal miner, but he was a locksmith on the side. And and I, I'm not telling this story. Matter of fact, this is the per, first, per, first group of folks that I, I've never even shared this story. Uh, I know my brother's watching. Um, one of my very first memories that I had, um, and, and my dad was laughing about it. Or the, the, Well, the guy that called, he's supposed to be my dad, but he's, he's my sperm donor. Um, he was telling this story about he was, working on the keys uh he was working uh, on some keys for a for a black gentleman and i couldn't have been no more than four or five years old and i walked up to him and i said hey what's up and then fill in the n-word blank right that's how i greeted this black man hey what's up in no way how old were you about four years old i didn't know that that was a bad word right until i got my ass kicked because i just i just embarrassed him right now i just aired out some of his laundry um, and when I was told that story, I don't know, I was, I was maybe, maybe 20, 21 years old, uh, when I was told that story and I was so ashamed, you know, because, um, my people that I call mom and dad, uh, um, Donald and Bernita Patton, they're, uh, they're a black family that adopted me and, and took me in and paid for my school books cause I was a poor kid. And so I never really understood that I had, you know, not, not so much hate in my heart, but that was my introduction. That was what was taught to me. Not not that they were bad, that black folks were bad, but just they were they were the uh, the fun name that that hillbillies like to call black folks, and that embarrassed me. And I, I kind of for me that that really took on a whole new meaning of who I want to be and how I want to be. And you know, I, I just demanded that you know anything that I can do to help stop that type of growth in any community needs to happen. Probably should have shared that in the in the in the in the beginning. No, but, man, no, yeah. it was perfect. It was perfect. You know what? Uh, and it's organic, and I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But uh, the thing is, is we all needed to hear that. We all need to hear that because we never truly know. Like we have, we have different people that we associate with. You know how we say, "Hey, I got one white friend" or whatever. But the right. deal is, is that not being able to have that conversation. What was it that changed? you inside to want to have this conversation you get what i mean i don't think we ever okay dig deep into that you get what i'm saying so no i appreciate yeah, okay. it man okay okay so what made me want to have this conversation we're having today that oh question? yeah yeah you could do that you could do that well you know i think it was after the ahmad video um a lot of you know i had um i had a lot of people reach out to me it's like man you need to we need more people like you in this world you know we need we need more people like you speaking up you know, on, on behalf of, of black people. And, you know, when you and I first, uh, you and I have had a conversation in the past that, 
I, I kind of come to the realization when I started getting all the private messages that America has really become tone deaf to the black voice. So I'm all about trying to use a different instrument. You know, maybe, maybe a white voice will, will help. I, I don't know, but I, I know I'm, I know I'm sick and tired of hearing the same shit over and over. And I want to do, you know, what I can to, to change the change the conversation. And you know what? I'm glad that you, that you are now. I want to, Herm, if you want to, if you want to crack this open, you can. Um, but as far as what we talked about right before right. getting live, you know what I'm talking about? Right. So, um, you know, the common, common to me misconception is that if you're a Trump supporter, or even if you're an Obama, Obama supporter, you know what I'm saying? For some reason, those two are always pitted against each other, that you got to think in a certain box. Oh, you're a Trump supporter? Okay, well, all police brutality cases give the benefit. The cops are always right. Oh, you're a Trump supporter? Uh, white privilege ain't real. Oh, you're a Trump supporter? There's no real such thing as racism. You know what I'm saying? Like, always try to find where black people messed up at. But what I noticed about you is that um, you, you are a Trump supporter, but none of that stuff seems to fit you. You know what I mean? None of that. None of that. I'm not trying to say that. None of that. Stuff, you you call you, you you calling him a unicorn? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil, he calling you a unicorn. It's like as I'm, as I'm following your, your Facebook page, like okay, he's a Trump supporter, but at the same time, he supports. You know what I'm saying? What's right opposed to what's wrong? So can you talk about that? About have you ever had uh, instances where people try to put you in the boxes? You're a Trump supporter. You got to think this way. Anytime that I tell somebody I'm a Trump supporter, yeah, you you must be a racist. You may you must you know support the wall and you know paint me in every picture way they can. But look, here's the thing. Um, yes, I am a Trump supporter, but I'm not a blind follower. You know, anybody that you know, you know, the Book of Luke um, talks about how when the blind leaves the blind, they both fall in the pit. And and the thing is, is that there you can't blindly follow anybody because they're going to take your blind ass straight off the cliff if you let them, you know? So yeah, I mean, look, and as far as the police issue goes, look, I support my cops. Anytime there's a shooting, I'm usually that person that says, well, what happened before then? Because there's always a lead up to there's, you know, it's like a Bible verse, man. There's always a before and there's always an after what happened before we got to dead. And, you know, but, but that doesn't, that doesn't make mean that I'm, I'm supporting the police. I just want to look at all the facts before they're presented. And then if it's wrong, it's wrong. There's no way about it, man. Wrong is wrong. And you got to call it what it is. And if you don't, then you're part of the problem. So it went, you know, Trump, that dude has diarrhea of the mouth. Somebody needs to cut off his thumb so he can't Twitter anymore. Um, he, he's definitely, he's definitely shooting himself in the foot and he's shooting a lot of, uh, a lot of his supporters in the foot. Uh, by saying some of the dumb stuff that he says. But um, I, I agree with a lot of his policies, but there's also a lot that I don't agree with. Okay. So I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but for the, as of now, my commander in chief is President Donald Trump. That's who, that's who I'm supporting. And, and you know what? I was, I, I was going to ask that question, too. Like, what is it that resonates with Trump, you know, with you? But if there are certain policies, and, you know, I, I guess that's what it is. You, you get what I mean? But... At the end of the day, you're not afraid to call out bullshit. And I think that's our problem. Or we hide behind policies, if, if you get what I'm trying to say. We hide behind that. But before we go into George, man, because we got to get out there and, and get you, brother. 
I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see you all. I see you, Miss Lily Wilson. I see you all, Miss Mona. Hey, how y'all doing? Make sure y'all share this. My son is watching this. I think this is the first time he's watching this show, but this is good. Um, so what's up, young man? Uh, seriously, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time uh, watching The Lion's Den, please share this. Um, I think that this is it's needed. Um, it's overdue. It's painful, but someone has to talk about it. And and what do you do with the gifts that God has blessed you with? Seriously, what do you do? Right. Are you doing it just for the validation or are you doing it for the impact? Are you doing it because you truly, truly care about people? And are you doing it out of love? Seriously, what are you doing it for? Other than that, you, 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 you're talking crazy. You run off at the mouth and ain't losing no calories. George. How you feeling? Pretty good, man. Glad to be here again. Yeah, I know it, brother. So how does this affect you in school? Well, first of all, what is the ages that you right. teach? So, uh, elementary. Uh, so I guess four, five to about 10, 11, depending on the kid, mm -hmm. uh, the student, 10, 11, 12. So really young, okay. uh, right? Right. As soon as they get out of the home, they come to us really young. And we try to, you know, my, my, my role I believe is to try to groom them and make them into good, uh, positive men and women for society. Starting that role, of course, they're 10, but trying to push and set a solid foundation. No, no, no. That makes sense. I mean, why not? Right. You get what I'm saying? Cause li listen right. to the feel. He was four years old. He's cussing people out out of right. line, Phil, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. Didn't even know what he was doing. That's why he got his ass beat. But still, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's great though, that you're doing that. So how are you helping you know, the kids in, in school to kind of understand because it comes a time when you being a even a physical ed teacher, right? You have to teach them about group dynamics, team building. Right. How are you doing that? Um, I mean, I think um, the way that I try to address it, uh, that question specifically would be uh, to just try to, you know, I, I really, I'm, I'm really big about with the boys teaching them to be a young men to a degree to respect women to, and, and, and then to protect them. Uh, you know, I was commenting earlier about um, on my Facebook about my nephew and I've tried to teach him to, uh, to really protect his little sister. And th those dynamics, you know, I was raised as a, uh, as a boy uh, to be a man, to, to protect, to, uh, to be respectful. And so those things, you know, I'm really big on respect and, you know, prayerfully, unfortunately, however, uh, I pray that, you know, my students, especially the, the, the boys, are able to respect police officers to the point where they don't have to go through this stuff. Uh, and so, you know, I'm trying to really uh, empower them with respect, with um, different values that I believe can help them be good people. Uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, PE, physical ed, is not my main focus. It's rather teaching them to be good people, to be and not even solely focused on a religious background, uh, but being a good person, a loving, being respectful, being um, selfless uh, to a degree. And so, you know, that's my my goal. I hope I answered it the right way. If no, I man, no, no, that's perfect. That was perfect because, uh, hey, Pink, what up? Shout out to Pink, right? He said, hey, listen, you spend more time with these kids. You get what I mean? Right. So mad respect for you, man. And it. it it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. Will, what you got, bro? What's going on, everybody? This question goes out to both George and Phil. 
I understand, George, as a teacher, you have the ultimate opportunity to influence a young age to create those lifelong habits, right? Um, as it relates to, to you, Phil, with what you told us about being four years old and kind of what you learned in that household, right? So you learned some negative things real early in life. How do you influence other kids that are not black that look like you not to have that type of mindset? How do you influence that type of change within your own reach? Good question, bro. Wow. Uh, that's a lot to unpackage. Um, you know, I guess kind of like, you know, with, with George, you know, as, as a, as a, as a teacher, you know, he's, he has a very unique influence where his, where these kids come to him. Um, for me, um, man, I do my absolute best to, to reach out and, uh, you know, Look, I believe in order to initiate the change we want, we got to replace our wishbone with a backbone. So what I'm trying to do with these Hold kids, on. Wait. Wait a minute. You know what? Every once in a while, we get a good one. Hey, message. that's a message. Say that one more time. What did you say? You got to do what now? I, I said as a society, we need to replace our wishbone with a backbone. Um, And so, you know, kids, you know, I emulated exactly what I saw. And, you know, again, I'm, I can't. I'm still sitting here in my truck right now, shame that I even shared it, but it's necessary for the conversation. Um, I, and I carry that with me knowing that I had that. So any, any opportunity I have with people, man, you know, we're all, you know, for, for people to say that they're, they're, that they're, uh, they're colorblind, they don't see black, they don't see white. Um, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, you do. And it's okay to say you do. It's okay to say you're different, but different isn't bad. And, you know, people, me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to influence um, the, the ones, you know, because I do get to go speak at schools as a, as a public speaker, man. And I tell them, you know, that the most important thing is, is treat everyone the way you want to be treated. And just because they look different than you, they bleed just like you. They have the same feelings and emotions. They have very similar problems. You know, they're just like you. So, you know, embrace and love everybody. Mm. Oh, yeah. What you got, George? Right. And, and so, man, Will, I love that question, man. And I should have mentioned it earlier, but for me, not even just relating to the black kids or, or the white kids or just any kid, you know, my uh, goal is to be an example. I think that, as, as Philip said, they emulate what they see. And, and for me, it's been amazing to be a, a young black educator uh, that, you know, I do things differently. Uh, I play rap music in the gym during PE class. I, I dance all day. Everything I do, it, it resonates with me being black, and, and that's okay. Uh, and, and some kids gravitate to it, and some kids are just like, oh, that's who he is. But regardless, uh, I want them to see, you know, who I am, and I want them to see that it's okay for them to be them. Uh, and, you know, also, and I don't mean to run off, but, you know, I think a lot of our kids don't realize that there's more options than just what, they're, uh, what they see on TV relating to, a basketball or a rapper, man, I'm not, I, I love sports and I, I love that stuff too, but I, I, I'm, I'm five eleven. Uh, I can't go to the NBA. Uh, I, I can't rap, uh, but I can teach. And I believe that's the gift that God gave me. You know, I'm going this weekend to get a tattoo. Uh, and, and so it's okay to be you. You can be a Christian, you can be a teacher and you can still do the things that you uh, enjoy doing. And it, it doesn't have to look a certain way. You don't have to be inside this box that we've created in our society. And so I don't mean to run off again, but no, I think we've created no, so many perfect. little boxes that we put, you know, our people in, whether it be white or black. And these boxes are ridiculous. Um, I'm a Christian. 
uh, I love Jesus, but I want to get a tattoo. I like rap music. I I love working out. Like I, I'm not in a box, and and I don't think that those boxes are good for us. Whether it be black, white, whatever it is, I think those boxes are ridiculous and they hinder us uh, from true progress. You know what, man? I love it. I'm lo- uh, that was perfect. That was perfect, and that's needed. Hey, shout out again to everybody that's watching right now. Listen, if if. If you feel led, please make sure you share this because this is some deep, deep conversation that needs to be had. And to your point, man, it's okay to be you. And a lot of people are afraid of it. And damn it, Phil, that was a good one, right? That wishbone to a backbone. And I want to jump back to that because there's individuals that know what's going All right. Individuals, I'm trying not to turn up too much, but listen. We have individuals that fail to watch that video for whatever reason, okay? No disrespect to those individuals, but they fail to watch the video just because they didn't want to see it. They didn't want to see it. Listen, turning your eyes to it, turning your head to it does not make it go away. Again, turning your head to it and closing your eyes to it does not make it go away. I have right now over 4,000 individuals on, on my personal page. We're close to 5,000 on the Lions Den watching. We have some very high-profile individuals that are in or that's, that's attached to Lions Den. But for some reason, some reason, it's not hitting them yet or to the point where it is, but uh, it's not happening in my backyard. Or, you know, I really don't know him like that. So, you know, what well, what did he do wrong? So that's we're going to go in that later. But uh, I just felt that. So that's why I came off. Hopefully it didn't. And no disrespect to those out there that haven't done anything. But what I want you to think about is just like to George's point, utilize what you have. Okay, utilize what you have. God gave you something. All right. He gave me the the, the, the gift of gap. OK, listen, you like Jesus. I like Jesus juice and I sip on that. But at the end of the day, I'm going to utilize what we what I have here to help influence some type of change. Herm, what you got, bro? So I got I got a question for Phil and I do also have a question for George. Phil, so on my page, like I said before, I see a whole bunch of people talking about what just happened with the, with the Floyd and Aubrey case and stuff like that. And I've noticed before, like when the Kaepernick thing was, was jumping off that a lot of my uh, conservative friends and what they had, a, they had a lot of opinions about Kaepernick and what he's doing, <clears throat> saying he's trash and all this other stuff. But when these uh-huh. cases happen, they're always silent. They don't say anything. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm not trying to ask you, I'm not, I don't want to ask you what, but I kind of am to speak for Boy, all man. the white folks. But why do you think token. that is? That they could be so vocal when it's, you know, talking about Kaepernick or saying, you know, this stuff ain't true. But when it's in your face, they don't say nothing. And for, for George, I'm going to let you answer that. But George, right after you answer that, my question for you is you brought it up that you teach kids and you want to teach them that cops are not the enemy, right? Uh, don't be afraid of cops. And I think that's very important because with all this going on, you know what I'm saying, we get to start demonizing the cops. Um, and I understand why, but I think it's also important that we don't do that and not preach fear of police, but, you know, we need we need some kind of education 
uh, education both ways. So how are you helping the kids, you know, not fear police and not making them the boogeyman? So, George, I mean, not George, but Phil, you got his question? I got it. Okay, and George, you All got right. his? You tracking? All right, cool. Go ahead, hit it up, Phil. Yeah. All right, so, so just to clarify, your question is people that speak up about Cap uh, and what he was protesting for, um, when stuff like this happens, they're quiet. Mm-hmm. So that's the question. Right. Or that, you know, the, where you, what you want me to talk about, right? All right. All right. So, so one thing that I didn't put in my bio is I used to work for the national football league. Um, I wasn't a football player, you know, um, but I worked a bomb dog an explosive detection canine. Um, I, I worked a bomb dog and we sweep the stadium and sweep the, the players. And so, and that was right about the time that cap started getting irrelevant. And so he, he started taking a knee. Now, look, I don't agree with cap. Not one bit at all. I mean, personally, um, and, you know, I'm just being honest. I recognize it's his right to do so because a lot of people have, you know, it was a peaceful protest. I just didn't agree with the method that he was using. So, but, but the premise behind it, um, you know, I, I, I feel like Cap, I, I don't know, man. I don't really support the idea that Cap was doing that because I don't, I think he was a little disconnected from the whole, uh, from what the real uh, injustice was about because I don't think Cap's are really, maybe I'm being presumptuous and pardon me if I am, but I don't think Cap was really, uh, so, I, I, I feel like he, he might have been just um, that might have been a relevance trick. I might have been a PR trick. So Philip, Philip, I, I, I honestly, you know, in the beginning, I, I was with Cap with his his protest. But the question is, why? Because see, you you don't do that. You speak against injustice. You might be against Cap, right, or against yeah. what he did, but you still speak out against injustice. I'm speaking I'm about an the equal opportunity affair. Yeah. But why why do you think it is where people who spoke out against Cap? But are quiet as hell when it comes to this issue right here. Like when 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 issues pop up, why do you think they're quiet as hell but have a lot to say about Cap? Well, I think it. I think it. Um, it's. I think it's faddish, man. I think it takes. Um, it takes no effort at all to bitch, you know. But it takes real effort to to get out there and uh, and and uh, and to have a problem. But here's the here's the deal. A lot of people are too daggone afraid. Uh, I feel like I feel like the people don't speak out against the social injustices that happen, but yet they'll complain about cap. I think where the rubber hits the road is those people are afraid to speak out because either they don't want to upset anybody, they don't want somebody to think ill of them. You know, they're 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 too worried about what everybody else is thinking. You know, I, I don't feel like that there's um, I feel like there's a shortage of testicular fortitude in our country, mm-hmm. and and I think that's why it's it's easier to complain about cap than it is to complain about something that's real because cap that wasn't real. I mean, really it was, all it was is cameras pointing at him and people, you know, well, for the troops, you know, Adolf Hitler passed a lot of his legislation behind kids. So, you know, get out of here. But I, I think people don't say a word, Herm, uh, because they're uh, afraid of what people are going to think of them. I think they're cowards. That, that's my personal opinion. You know what? I respect that. I respect that. Even though I don't necessarily agree, I respect it because I have yet to hear a reason why you get what I mean from, you know, from someone that's white. So and I'm always open and listen, you know, but uh, no, that's a that's a good answer. George, you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, So I I think, again, her and correct me wrong. your question was about 
how I or how I try to teach kids not to almost demonize all police, right? And and so my you know my thought about that is um, I try to remind them that there are bad people everywhere, whether they be police or black or white or whatever. Um, we all make bad choices at times, and that doesn't make us all bad. It just means that some of us are not uh, focused or even as good as others to a degree. And 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 so you know that's why my my focus is on empowering them to be good people themselves. Uh, I believe, you know, it, it's very tough to change, um, to teach an old dog new tricks to a degree, but it's very tough to change an older generation, but we can begin to empower a younger one to do better than what we've done. Uh, and, and so my goal is to encourage them to all be better, to be good. That way we don't have these problems 50 years from now, although we may, you know, I pray that we don't. But again, and I hope I answered that right, but again, you know, my, um, there, there's bad in every people group. Uh, I, you know, we all make bad choices. We all make bad decisions. That doesn't make all of us bad. And that's what I try to remind my students of is that uh, although Johnny made a bad choice yesterday, Johnny can do better today. And we need to help Johnny. We need to hold each other accountable. I, 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 man, I preach that so much that you have to hold your classmates accountable. If one of them does bad, then you know, at times we're all punished or disciplined for that. We have to hold each other accountable so that our entire group is is able to excel together. I hope that no, that no. answers. No, that makes some good sense. Hey, but look, we, we right. got some other we got some other questions. But before I do, hey Phil, have, have you ever been to Illinois? Uh yeah, I was in Chicago. Uh President Bush was running for reelection. So once. Okay, one time. Well, listen, it's time for you to make another trip. You know why? Because there's something called Kevlar's Grill, brother. Listen, Kevlar's Grill, one of our sponsors, okay? They have the best food on this side of the Mississippi. Trust me, I believe it. And 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 individuals will vouch for them. But they also have the gratitude box. So what you can do is you can purchase food for first responders and nurses and things of that nature. So it's great, great, great customer service and great food. They do catering and they have very healthy food outside of the french fries and the chicken and waffles but they also have they also have a grub hub 25 mile radius ladies and gentlemen make sure y'all check them on out all right the number 618-416-5700 they're located inside the scott vfw post 4183 all right so that is the kevlar's grill but not just that george i got something for you you ready I got you. Okay, so for your kids, when you when 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 school finally opened back up and, and they get it together, right. what I need you to do is make sure they go to Upper Soul. All right. So once they go to Upper Soul, they would see these retro kicks. All right, y'all got to support this young man. He's out here getting it, and he has the exclusive exclusive shoes out there. And for the audience out there, make sure y'all check him out on Instagram. That's Upper Soul. U P P E R S O L. Z sizes range from six to 14 and and you know your, your foot probably ain't that big but if you want to look cool and do it you can get it in anyway but make sure you go ahead and check it on out check it on out now whew, had to do that but again ladies and gentlemen if you're just tuning in we are talking about whew, everything we're talking about change we're talking about uh this is america Essentially, this is what we have to deal with. And, but what we run away from is conversation, conversation that's uh, that's active 
and we are willing to make that step. But the first thing we have to do is have the conversation so we can understand that we're all on the same page, if that makes sense. All right. We have to make sure we're on the same page because and this is just my personal opinion. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all agree, you can comment. If not, I can dig it out. Take that. But based off of what happens and based off of who you are, you may activate in a different way. Okay, you may do things merely out of emotions. All right. And when you do that, you make missteps. Okay, and then you you do things that that, that you know you, you do things that you may regret re- regret. However, you have to connect with the individuals that's able to understand you and willing to walk and then ride with you, if that makes sense. So, a lot of you right now that's listening, you're tired, you're fed up, and and you 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 just mad at the world. However, let's be completely honest. You're not about that life. What I mean by that. Going outside, grabbing your mask, grabbing your mask, going outside and just start rioting and all that. A is stupid and B, you got other things to lose. All right. That doesn't make sense. However, you may have a thought process of uh, uh, connections, right? Individuals in law, right? How are you making a change where you are right now? So that's essentially what we're talking about. Not just talking and talking, but where do we play? in the the change game here at the lions then that's what we encourage so we're encouraging you those listeners you the listener right now think about what you can do stop using your fingers all day and talk about how 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 you ready to get it in oh if i was there i would have just shut up for real okay stop it that's not what this is about All right. This is about action, but positive action enforced with love, because that's what it's going to take. It took me. Listen, uh, real talk. It took a minute when uh, Phil reached out to me. I had to search him out. I'm like, all right, let me see this cat. Right. Because we do get trolls. (laughs) People do be saying some real ill stuff. And I'm like, all right, let me see this. Oh, man, this this dude is a hillbilly. This is what I'm saying. I'm being honest. But then I start reading. And I really start, I start looking at not just his words, but where he was and what he was talking about. I'm like, you know what? Phil might have something here. He might, he, he might be serious about it. I gave Phil my number. We talked, Phil, we talked for almost an hour, didn't we? Yeah. There we almost off for yeah. hey, one of the best conversations I had. But ladies and gentlemen, that's what it takes. So get out your feelings to make change. Is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Okay, it takes time and it takes courage, but get out your feelings if you want to see something happen. All right, Larry, Larry, what you got, brother? All right, man, I got a comment on the Kaepernick thing, and then I got a a, a comment for all you guys to chime in on. So I'm gonna switch the narrative on that piece right there. Um, for the Kaepernick thing, you know, I felt like as veterans, when we take the oath, we say we're protecting the Constitution, right? And so to me, he was exercising his right. It's freedom of speech, right? So regardless of how we feel about that, he was exercising his right in which we took the oath to protect, okay? So that's my stance on that. But I'll say this. When I was, I went to the Cardinals game last year for Military Appreciation Day, all right, in uniform. As I didn't get there in time enough to get on the field because of, I miscalculated the train ride. It was longer than I thought from Scott to the, to the game. But I'm standing outside and the National Anthem's come on. And this is during the height of this whole Cal- Cal- Calumet thing. So it might have been last year or the year before. I can't remember. 
I'm standing at attention, saluting, rendering a salute and all that while the, while the national anthem is going. And I can't tell you how many people around me was just walking like it was nothing. So I still don't understand this issue with Kaepernick, but I think the media controlled that narrative and switched it and made it something it shouldn't have been to begin with. And I'll just leave it at that. But I'm just saying to all the folks that was mad at Kaepernick, I'm telling you, I witnessed this myself in uniform. Folks walking around me like, like they don't even see what I'm doing. Nothing. And the national anthem was playing, period. And loud enough for you to hear. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that at that. You know, again, that's you know my personal opinion. No, it makes sense. I mean, it's your opinion, but it's also fact because I've been there too, right? When I was in Color Guard, I saw it, man. Don't be, listen, it, it's... It was a gimmick in my mind, but it, on both sides, and I can understand that. You get what I'm saying? I can truly, truly understand that. I can understand that. Will, what you got, bro? No, I had a second piece oh, of that. Oh, that you had something. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. So the second piece where I was going with this is I challenged, because I was a cop. Most of these guys know. Some of you guys don't know. I was a cop in the military. All right? I did four years, two deployments. So I understand, even though I wasn't a community cop in, 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 in the civilian sector, it still was a cop. I still understand the training and all that stuff. I went through most of the same stuff. So what I'm going with this is my I, my challenge, and you guys can comment on this, is where are the good cops in this situation? When we talk about what's just happening, all the previous stuff that happened, where are my good cops at that live by the book, that are professional and respectful in what they do? Why are they so silent? Like, we need to break that code. So it's either going to be the people rise up or can we have the good cops rise up and weed out those bad apples? Because I know, I know they know what's going on and who the bad apples are. So where are they at in this mix? Like, I don't understand why they're so silent. And I do understand it, but I'm saying, let's call them out. Where are the good cops at? Stand up for injustice. You know what, and man? And, and, and you know what? I, and, and I can speak on just my assumptions. The same reason why we have individuals that's, on our page that listen would give opinions or whatever but when it comes down to the bottom line their paycheck their livelihood you understand their family right because it is a code there just like it's a code in the military let's let's not get it twisted you get what i'm saying that's why certain people don't rock the boat they're afraid you see what i'm saying so they may be good cops in the core but they're looking at the bottom damn line am i going to point out some injustice when i know that it can it can they can do something to my paycheck when i'm trying to take care of not just my mortgage but my family you you get what i'm saying so there's individuals that don't have that latitude but and but to your point what are you doing you get what i'm saying i question those individuals if you see the same shit i see how does that make you feel you still going to turn your, your head to that you get what i'm saying so no, that man. Anybody want to comment on that? So it's got to be a culture change, man. Because like you said, it, it is the code, right? You know what I'm saying. But think about like special forces and the Navy SEALs and stuff like that. You never really hear them coming out and speaking out against each other. You know what I'm saying? Because of their special, their code, they got to rely on that person to keep them alive. The cops feel the same way that I got to trust this person to keep me alive, good, bad, or indifferent. I ain't making no excuses for it, but that's the reason why there's such a tight-knit group. You know what I'm saying? Ride motorcycles together, got all these clubs together and stuff like that. Uh, they sit in the car with each other. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to they're gonna have each other's back. And in order for that stuff to change, man, we got to break that whole culture up and start over new, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm going to call out some bullshit. And as Larry alluded to, the bad apples, the whole damn tree is rotten. So it's hard to fix a couple pieces of fruit when the whole foundation is rotten. The system has been perpetuated with the same thing over and over again. So when the system is built that way, one to two individuals don't make a difference in the process, right? So if you really want to get after it, I think it's beyond just training, it's restructuring. When you look at the police force, you look at the balance, where you say you look at people who are patrolling what areas, you look at the type of training they're getting, and you have enforcement and you have accountability for things like that. Right now, there is no accountability, and the media plays a big part in that as well. So I hear you, Larry. I feel you, brother. But that whole damn tree is rotten, brother. I can see that. I can. I agree. We got Jason. He said that um, he said he couldn't have sat there and watched that. Okay, he says uh, I may have gotten beat up, but I would have stepped up for for the dude, right? And you, you may have gotten shot. That's it, the problem. That, that too, and that's another thing. You know, there's another thing, and, and it, 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 man, okay, it was four of them. All right, let's. It is what it is. It was four of them, but you know what? We can't say what we would have done because we wasn't there. Only thing we're asking you to do is. What will you do now? Okay. Logically. What will you do now? Will, you got a question. What you got, bro? Oh, you good? All right. Her. Hey, Seth, so, before we get to the question, oh, I got go I, I, I to chime in, man. Um, look, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I respectfully disagree. Um, you know, yeah, so you'll get shot. Well, if you're not willing to die for a cause, I mean, seriously, everybody's all get bad until it's times to get bad. You know, are you, if, if you really want to, if, you, George uh, Floyd, you know, the, the guy that was on the, you know, let him up, man, let him up. You know, okay, look, at, at a certain time, again, replace that wishbone with a backbone and take action. If you die, you die. So what? But at least you died for something you believe in, which is a whole lot more than 99% of our population. Look, I'm willing to take a bullet. I, I mean, I, I've, I've signed up. I'm good with that. I'm good with dying for somebody else. You know, um, Bible tells us very clear, man, greater love is no one than this, than someone who's willing to give his life for his friends. You know, look, at the end of the day, man, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you're not, a, if you don't believe in Christ, then, hey, you, we all, you know, we all look the same in a casket when it's closed. You know, so if, if, it, if it's an injustice, if it's a problem that you have, man, don't be, you, look at all the things that our government has done to us just by controlling in fear. Fear, people, you know, they, they want to get bad, but they want to get bad when they got a, a gang of them. True courage takes stepping up and making a move when you know something is wrong. Call foul every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Damn the repercussions. You know, I, I'm not buying that, dude. You know, the, I got to be quiet or I'm going to get shot. So, so then you get shot. Then you'll just be a shot up some bitch that died a hero. I'm sorry, that's just my take. No, don't ever apologize. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't. Don't, don't. Look, yeah. especially not on here. That we won't, won't yeah. take, we won't take that shit lightly. You don't apologize yeah. for nothing. Yeah, no, don't apologize. You know, we, we we all got to have different perspectives. We got to. We got you know to. We got to. We got to have different mindsets. And I, and I respect what you're saying. My only thing about that is I got I got two two daughters to raise. You know what I'm saying? So I got to keep that in in mind before I think about who I'm going to take a bullet for. 
You know what I'm saying? So I, I respect what you're saying, and I definitely yeah. respect that passion, but it's like, do I kick this dude up off of him and shoot him, and now my two daughters don't have a father anymore? You know what I mean? Or do the cops just do the right thing and get their ass up off of You know what I'm saying? So to, to take me killing myself to save that guy's life in order, and then what? Well, how much of it do you believe? You know, it really boils down to your belief system. I mean, I feel you, man. Look, I've got a wife. Yeah. Um, I've got little dogs. You know, I, I've got all that, man. You know, and mm-hmm. I understand. But, you know, I mean, wrong is wrong. And, and the problem Absolutely. is people standing behind in fear. The only time that, that people are not afraid is when it's a mob mentality, when they know they have the upper hand. And that's kind of kind of going back to, to, to George earlier, you know, and, and uh, talking about the, the culture, you know, the, the, uh, the way how we get out of this, how we move forward is first and foremost, man, how do, how do I, how do I see that Herm is equal to Philip? How do I see that Seth, that George, how do I see that you guys are equal to me? First thing we got to do is get rid of this hyphenated American shit. We're put, we're, we're separating ourselves because we're proud white or proud black or proud Latino. Man, why not be a proud person or proud American? You know, everybody, all this, all this is doing right now, man, the folks need to, they're separating themselves off. I'm getting a little hyped up. I'm trying to calm down, but this is ridiculous, man, that, that when we see something like George Floyd, you know, if I'd have been there, well, you know, I don't know what I'd have done if I'd have been there, but I got a strange feeling that I'd have probably done something stupid. My wife would be a widow today. But you know what? Hey, that, that is a martyr. That is somebody that you can get behind and start protesting and, and, and tearing shit up over. You know, stand, we, we, we ain't standing up for each other at all. And it's a damn shame. And I don't know why. Phil, I absolutely agree with you. Until you have accountability. And I think that those titles that you talked about is what keeps people divided because people know the strength when you have unity. Oh. So you need those separations there to keep people weak, to keep them at bay. Because I guarantee you, those four officers with those four guns are nothing compared to that strength of that community that won't just sit there and record that bullshit. That's go. the difference between people and uprisings. Don't riot and turn up your own shit when they leave. <laughs> you have to be willing to stand up and die for what the hell you believe in because you have kids. And I feel you, Herm. As a parent, I get you. But if you're not willing to stand up and die for your kids, because that can be your daughter that got slammed at the damn birthday party. That can be your son playing in the damn park by itself. That can be your nephew. That can be your niece. That can be anybody. So one thing I can say about the generation today, they're a lot braver than some of the individuals from my generation because we're too damn cautious. Sometimes I agree with what Malcolm said by any means necessary, but I also agree it's a time that has that Martin Luther King aspect. But if they know you're not willing to stand up for what the hell you believe in, they will constantly do it. There is no kind of accountability till we be that accountability. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. So I got a question for for both of you guys, right? Phil and George. <clears throat> so this is coming from viewer Miss Wilson. She says, what solution-based approach either have you have taken to create dialogue with those who oppose your views? All right. What has worked for them in generating conversation? You get what I mean? So what have you done? Now, of course, George, you, you, you're talking to, you know, little kids, so you can just tell them to shut up, you dig, and, and just listen to you. But 
outside of that, being a black man, you too, George, I mean, not George, but uh, Phil, being a white man, how, wh what type of conversations, you know, do you have? And are, what are you willing to have? All right. But yeah, let me let you go, George. What you got? Yeah. Right. Uh, so, and even, you know, going further with that question, not even just talking to the kids, but even the adults, I believe that, again, as Philip said earlier, uh, kids emulate what they see. So I can teach the kids all day about, being good people or, or about doing the right thing. But if they see different at home, uh, it really impacts their behavior wherever they go. Uh, and so, you know, my, my approach has really been to just be very vocal and open about, and I think you all have alluded to it several times throughout this podcast about um, right being right and wrong being wrong, uh, whether or not we want to debate the nuances of what's happened, right is right and wrong is wrong at the end of, at the, end of the day. And, and again, you know, as I go back to solution-based solution approaches, um, I'm working with a couple of different people trying to just find different solutions for our community here in Kentucky and Campbellsville. Uh, you know, I really have a desire to um, to start some new things with uh, with our youth, with our older kids, trying to teach them how to be men. Uh, I've, I've tried to, to, to empower them with different tools, and that's my goal as well going forward is trying to give them a place where they can go and talk to another black man that's young, that, that understands culture, that understands where they are, and try to uh, help them to uh, navigate through this world in a way that, that they can get through it safely. Uh, and it's sad that we have to look at it that way, but it is what it is. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm looking at trying to, one thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Philip go, is we're looking at trying to start um, some type of, um, not just camp, but some type of program where we can teach black men and women how to be black, and, that, and for that to be okay. Uh, you know, again, going back to those boxes earlier, uh, black men, uh, you know, black boys are often uh, confused with the idea that they have to do certain things. But no, man, you can wear a tie. Uh, you can do different things and still be who you are. And so trying to just, um, or even black women, te teaching them to be confident in their own skin. They don't have to look this way or that way. And so trying to empower our youth with, these nuances that I think have been lost throughout time. I don't know where they got lost. I don't know how they got lost, but I think we've lost these little nuances that, um, and, you know, for one, and I hate to say it, but I think as an educational system, we failed them there too. And I may receive some feedback about that, but I think we failed them. We teach a lot of book, uh, but not a lot of uh, worldly context, life ready stuff. And so, you know, that's kind of my goal. I hope that, again, no, 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 no. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Philip, what you got? We got a call or two, but go ahead and, and, and answer that if you got a minute. All right. So what solution-based approaches I'm taking, you know, this right here um, is is a great step. Uh, what what I'm usually doing is um, we got the boys Haven down here in Beaumont. Um, COVID kind of shut everything down. Uh, but Beaumont is a primarily uh, African-American community. And, you know, that's where I'm wanting, that's where I'm volunteering. That's where I'm trying to, trying to break the stereotypes, break the walls, man. You know, I walk up and I'll just have a random conversation specifically about race to people that's up, that don't look like me just because I want it, man. It's amazing how much. And, and so I guess my active mission is, is talking to as many people as I can, because the thing is, man, we can all, we, we, we all have so much in common. If we can just put aside our bullshit for five minutes and figure out that we really are alike and, right. you know, and crazy enough, I feel like that, that, um, 
man, that, that grows itself. It you does. Know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's positive. It grows itself. That's right. Wait, so listen, we do got a caller in. Hey, so we have you live right now. Who's calling? Hey, this is Brian. Brian, this hey. Brian Brown. Hey, how you feeling, man? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, doing good, doing good. Go ahead. So you live right now. All right. So I was, uh, you know, I was watching the feed, you know, and a couple things. You know, right now, by me being an African-American, it, it, it really, the situation really touches me, and this conversation really touches me because I have two young black boys that I have to raise. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting the conversation, I'm getting the point of view of, you know, we got to be able to stand up and fight for what we believe in, and, and I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But my argument with that is, who's going to be around to raise my two kids if something happens to me? So yeah. if I'm in that situation and I'm watching it, and I'm standing it. Now, there, there's something I could have done about the situation. Maybe I could have called other police or something like that. But when you look at the situation, if those individuals took upon themselves to help him, those police would have justified reason. They would have justified reason to kill every individual that tried to help him in that situation. So you don't only have one black man, you have multiple black people. And now those other black people are justified killing. Now, George's situation is different because the situation had, it, it, it was already, it was ended. He had no reason to have his knee in that man's neck. He was handcuffed with his arms behind his back. But anybody else that would have stepped in that situation would have been shot down and murdered on scene. Another thing with the Kaepernick situation, I, I think some people said that it's a gimmick. Kaepernick completely backed his situation. With him taking a knee, he stood for the exact thing that we're talking about right now. Ever since Kaepernick has took a knee, it has happened multiple times, yet this man still does not have a job. Yet this man is still looked at as always a gimmick with social publicity. He was doing this before people even caught the attention or cameras were even put it on him. The cameras caused this situation when they put it on him. And he even reached out to a veteran to say, okay, what's a respectful way I can do this? So, so people will know I'm not being disrespectful. Okay. And he took the most respectful route that he could, but yet people still criticized him and said it was a gimmick. It's never a gimmick. The man put his career on the line. We're talking about sacrificing and everything else. The man put his career on the line for something that he believed in. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be your life. Why do we have to give our life for something because our ancestors gave their life to be free. Great point, brother. And yet we still face the same thing today. So why do we have to give our life if it's something that we believe in? That man sacrificed, sacrificed his career for something that is still going on to this day, and he probably will never, ever play in the NFL again. Yeah. So I know we have these conversations, and we, you know, we're having these conversations, but what is the end game? You know, my end game for me is you, you can't heal African-Americans until we're mentally given the apology that we deserve. Hey, Every African-American in this hey, country deserves an apology. So so here, let, let me, and I appreciate that that comment, but uh, I would like to say, brother, after, and, and again, thank you for calling in, but what else do we need to know our validation? 
What I mean is we already know what we have been through. We already know who, where we came from. You get what I mean? As far as our lineage, as far as, uh, but but everything that has happened. However, what I'm saying is, and this is to the viewers too. What I'm saying is, are you waiting for someone to validate you or our culture in order for us to come together to mobilize you get what i'm saying so it's almost no, like right so what i'm saying is man listen it's been 400 years you think we go get one tomorrow you get what i'm saying it's not happening cuz so at the end of the day what are we so going to do the, to move forward right so i agree with you don't give the apology but how but how hard is it for a race to overcome 400 years of being enslaved and we still go through it People have to understand, even without the apology, African-Americans, even when you turn on the TV today and what you see every day, how we are, how can I say, how we, the, the, the perception that we're giving to people, how, how can our youth overcome that? It is very difficult when every time you look at a video or a movie, it the is. perception that is made of African-Americans. I get you, brother. I get so you. I, I get the you. The perception of African-Americans need to be changed. I get you. I get you. Hey, well, listen, we got to move on, but thanks for calling in, brother. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, so so based off what he said, I mean, what y'all think? Me personally, just like the viewers, you know, I, I feel like we time out for validation you get what i'm saying it's up to us to create our own movies it's up to us to have our own dialogue it's up to us to put our money where we wanted to want to put it you do my personal opinion ladies and gentlemen i'm not speaking on behalf of the lions then but i'm tired of waiting for for oh hold on Uh, listen if you are tired all right so listen if you are tired goodness gracious Give me one second. Give me one second. So the question is, if you are tired, then what are you tired of and how tired are you? You get what I'm saying? Because if you're waiting and willing for uh, for someone outside of you to do what you. Hey, how y'all doing? How you doing, brother? Sorry. Sorry. Who's calling in? Hey, this is Terrell Jackson. Terrell Jackson. Hey, thanks for calling in, brother. What you got? Um. And I missed a couple of seconds of the show because I was doing some laundry. But my comment, I want to go back to um, our perception. Mm-hmm. Um, as a coach, as a, as a high school football coach, I I see this every year when we deal with drafts. And when I mean drafts, I'm talking about professional players getting drafted. You always see that player who had to overcome something. So every player has always overcome something. His mom was a drug addict. His dad was never his life. So when the rest of the world sees that, that's all they think about. Well, all African-American athletes must have went through this. The media never shows that athlete that came from a two-parent household who had a 4.0 GPA, who never got in trouble. It's always that athlete who had to overcome something. So when the rest of the world sees that, their perception about African-Americans is that, well, they all must have to go through this. They all must come from bad neighborhoods. They all was born in Brooklyn and in, in the ghetto. Kind of see what I'm saying? I do. I do. No, man, great point. Great point. Wow. Thank like you. I, I, I just wanted to chime in on that right there. I appreciate what you're doing with the show, though. No, appreciate no, it. No, no doubt. No, thanks for calling in, brother. 
right, man. All right. And, and look, and I want to let everybody know, too, if you guys want to call in, the number's pinned up there, 618-792-6747. Again, it's 618-792-6747. Hold on, guys. So we, I had to hang up on somebody by mistake. I'm just trying to get these calls in. But um, so what do y'all think about these um, these comments? So, so I want to say to his comment, his last comment about how do we change that when they're showing the struggle versus the two-parent home, mm-hmm. that's a cultural thing with us, though. When we think about how we was raised and about when we talk about the rap game in particular, all right, you got to be from the hood and speak hood talk to be a great rapper. You, you know, you barely find the, the, the backpack rappers as the rappers that everybody want to emulate and, and, and seek after. We like those guys that talk that talk. Y'all know what I mean by talk that talk, right? So that's something that we have to deal with internally, and we got to stop giving our attention to the negative bullshit. And that's what I'm saying. And that's like, what I'm that's saying. How I look at it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But uh, so yeah, um, ah oh, man, yeah, that makes some sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. But ladies and gentlemen, we're what we're talking about. If you're just uh, tuning in is this is America. We know what it is. and But we also want to describe and have a conversation about change. Okay? What are we going to do to change? Herm, what you got? Per- perfect segue. Um, question for Philip, man. So, you you said that you spend a lot of time speaking to black folks and you want to you always bring up, talk about race, right? First things first, I want to thank you for sharing your story about when you was four years old. I think that is very, I don't, I don't think that, I think that's something that you should add, you know what I'm saying? So people can know exactly where you're coming from and that they understand that, you know what I'm saying, racism, nobody's born that way. You know what I mean? You didn't even know, you, you didn't even know what the hell it was. It's just something that was slung around in your household, right? So, but my question to you is how, how like, what, what, what do you think the blocking point is? You know what I'm saying? When 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 I try to talk to somebody about this, you know what I'm saying? I had a discussion about it today on uh, online. Um, somebody said, why do you keep pulling a race car? Why do you keep pulling a race car when we was talking about what happened in uh, was it, was it Milwaukee? Was it? it was Milwaukee, right? Uh, why do you keep pulling a race car? How do you know this is race driven? You know what I'm saying? This, you're pulling the race car. And I, I feel like when you mentioned that it's black, that somebody black got killed, it automatically turns off the person that I'm trying to talk to, right? Why do you think that is? And, you know, how can we break that barrier that, that just because I'm speaking about race doesn't mean you have to defend it. I'm not speaking against you. I'm speaking against this instance. Don't take it personal. Hmm. Man, that's a, wow, that's a big one. Um, you, you know, I, I don't, it's, I'll tell you what, man, sometimes it gets to me when, uh, when I hear whether this is a, a, a black man killed by a white cop, um, and then again, we go back to the media. Um, I think it's disgusting. They can, they're the ones controlling the narrative. And to, to one of your callers, how do we take it back, man? We, we demand it back. Um, you know, we got these, we got these folks that are, um, you know, when, when they hear you talk about Herm about, well, it's a, it's a black guy getting killed. You know, it's really, it, it's kind of, it almost kind of seems like it's symptomatic, you know, with, with, Everybody with all races on the table. Now we're hearing the same shit again. Here we go again. Here we go again because it's another black guy. It's another black guy. Well, what about the white guys? You know, and and, and it's just it's it's that petty game, buddy. And I, I don't know. I mean, 
you know, if you look at statistically at the, the statistics of, of people that are killed by cops, man, you're talking, you know, 55% of the deaths that happen in this country, cops are killing white people on 55% of the deaths. 20, uh, let's see, what is it? 27%, I think it is, of, of blacks in America. And this is off of a study back in 2015. Now, granted, five years ago. But, you know, it, it seems like that, that the only time that this really happens, I feel like, is politicians. It's, it's election year. Let's talk about black on or white on black crime. You know, it, it, I, I think I think our politicians are doing us a great disservice. And I, honestly, I think that's how we take the narrative back is we, we start putting in people. Maybe it's a pipe dream, but maybe we start putting in people who are, who are real. We're not just going to give you the lip service about we need to address this or we need to address that only on election season. And we, we change the politicians and, you know, the media is not going to have anything else to report on. But I, I think just, every, you know, white people, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not speaking for all white people. I'm speaking for Philip Blackman. But, you know, <laughs> he's getting tired of hearing, you know, an, an, you know we're, we're going to protest because another black kid got shot. Okay. That sucks. You know, I've, I've said it. I've made, and you, you've seen them. Um, murder is murder, and it's all wrong across the board. Um, but I don't necessarily agree that, you know, I think the reason why we have this perception is because the only thing that's ever discussed is when a black person dies at the hands of a white person. Now, when, when you talk about the 55% of the white people that are killed by cops, do we know, like, how many of those were, like, unarmed and didn't pose a threat? Because we understand that cops yeah. are going to kill people, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, in, it's in the line of work, and not all of the, the the cops that kill black people are unjust. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the ones with the handcuff, and, and, and you know, and and getting shot in the back. Yes, and, and then not just that, man. Let's be completely honest. We're only 13 percent of the population. All right. So what does that we're say? You, you, but, but are responsible for 55 percent of the crime. But but and, and see the problem. The problem that's is, statistic. but but see, and and that's why I I hate it. I, I promise you, I hate it because. Shit. See, this this it's, is it's, it's a paradox. It, it it is it is, but it's like, damn it, man. Where do we go from here? Because it's it's easy to pick and pull and point. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It is. I promise yes, you, sir. it is. And and we can go down that that rat hole. And I'm like, I'm looking at the lives right now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank y'all for tuning in. It, it listen. It, this is a very very sensitive subject. It is. I understand it. Trust me. It hurts. I mean, I'm feeling it in my gut right now. It hurts. I promise you it does. It's about right and wrong. All right. Let's be completely honest. It's about right and wrong. We can go through history. We can go through statistics. We can do all that bullshit. But what are we going to do for tomorrow? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. We saw with our own eyes a person die. That's period. I don't give a damn what he was doing from the from the fraudulent checks or whatever. He never got his day in court. Nope. Period. He didn't. It didn't happen. You see what I'm saying? So how do we change that together? Because I don't have all the all the answers and I get a little bit too turned up. I need my my crew to help me. Hey, school, chill out. You, you know what I mean? I need that. You see what I'm saying? But I also need to be willing to have this type of dialogue so that we can move as a unit. Will, what you got, bro? All right, so I'm about to hit y'all with a bombshell. We say, what can we do to change this situation? And to me, 
you don't start from the bottom. You start at the head. So when you look at our national leadership, do a consensus on how much of that population is Caucasian, Black, Hispanic, Asian, et cetera. But they're making decisions that impact everybody. So I think the role should be reversed because as you look at the history of the U.S., it's not a pretty history. And I think until ownership is really taken from all the different things, from redlining to mass population or, or um, mass incarceration to all these different things that happen that put black communities in the situation that they're in versus saying, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, but you'll have on fucking boots. I think until America can take ownership of all these different influences that happen to black people as a whole, that you won't have too much change. And if you do, it's going to be minuscule. On the reverse, in the meanwhile, until that can actually take place, I think it's a personal responsibility for everybody, not just the person recording some of this bullshit, but everybody to take personal what they see and quit treating people like strangers to somebody else do it for them or do it to them. You need to understand that you have brothers and sisters and that I can have a white brother. I can have an Asian brother. But if you look at Asian communities, you look at white communities, a lot of times they take care of each other. Worse than unity in us. Not just when somebody else does some shit to us. It's when you get rah, 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 then you take your ass back in the house when they quit going on the news. Worse that consistency. Worse that consistency of pride on who you are, not just when somebody doing something to you. Make good sense. Make good sense. And that's a valid question. That's a valid question. And so with that being said, y'all keep that same energy. You feel me? You tired, huh? You tired of doing this, tired of doing that. Now, when we want to do something, right, do something in your community, do something within your household. First of all, open up a book, right? Use the Internet. Get this information. Learn. See what's going on. Seriously, what's going on and not just wait for people to give you information. Look for the information, the right information, and then find out who's speaking to you. Hey, Larry, what you got, bro? I'm just going to piggyback off what Will was talking about. And I'll say this, how many of our own folks are we pushing to be politicians, lawyers, judges, uh, 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 police officers? You know what I mean? Because remember growing up playing cops and robbers, nobody wanted to be the cop, right? But in the real world, you want to correct the issue and you got white policemen patrolling a predominantly black police uh, community. How do you change that? Okay, let's be cops. But we don't want to be cops, right? Because that's how we raise in our culture. We're like, nah, being a cop ain't cool. Being a politician ain't cool. Being a lawyer, being in school books, you want the change. We have to start with ourselves. Now, stop looking for other people to do it. We got to start with ourselves, start getting educated, and start getting into these, getting into the game, all right? Infiltrating the system, whatever word, slang term you want to use. You want to make change, you got to be a part of the discussion, all right? Diversity is key. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that. Hey, what you got, George? Yeah, hey, uh, man, Larry, uh, and I can't agree more. Uh, and that was my, you know, I, I guess our thought earlier. Uh, and somebody commented and said, why do we have to teach kids to be black? And that was, you know, that wasn't the, 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 the only thought, but the, the deeper thought into that comment earlier, that, I, that statement earlier, was that uh, we've pushed our youth to a degree to just be a couple of things. But let's open the door, you know, and, and Will, uh, I think it was not, we and Will, man, I agree with you, man. The people making decisions for me don't look like me all the time. You know, they don't. They, they're making decisions on my behalf when they look. They don't even understand what I've been through in life, whether it be good or bad. 
Uh, but regardless of that, I can't change that. But what I can change, I can make sure that my kids or my nieces or nephews or my kids at school know, don't, 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 don't get in this box where you can only be two things. Go be a lawyer. Go be a doctor. Go be a cop. Go stop allowing them. Put some money back. And buy your own land. That way, when they try to take people's land, they can't take yours. Begin to flip the narrative. That way, we begin to own stuff and are not always the ones paying to, to borrow. I want to be the I want to be the lender, not the borrower. I want to be the one that that has has the, uh, an establishment, not just uh, you know that that's living in in a, in a way that's not good for my family. And again, it, it's tough. But I I mean I do agree with Larry that we've got to begin to change this narrative. You know, you you have to, man. You got to, yeah. and 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 shout out to everybody that's watching right now. Again, this is the Lions Den Corona Files, and I know we're past our time, but it's for a good reason. I want to say, hey, to everybody, Clinton, I see you. Hey, G, I see you out there. All right, I see y'all, and uh, my man's uh, Hudson. Hey, Jr. He made a good point uh, to Larry, and I and and I can dig it. But basically, he said the reason why, and he feels the reason why a lot of individuals don't go into those professions is because they're not they're not the ones that's hiring them. If that makes sense, like like we're not hiring us. So I agree to it. I agree to a point, but I really do believe that we have to be able to glorify it. If you think about it. We glorify the dumbest shit, y'all. Oh my lord, Migos, are you serious? I mean, we we we. Hey, hold on, we got we got a caller. Hey, G, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, Seth? <laughs> Salute to all my brothers on there, and thank you for your service. I just want to chime in real quick. Go ahead, this, brother. This topic is very much needed, and hopefully, I'm not talking with too much emotion. Because, you know, we've been turned up. All right. First off, we got to galvanize. If we, we don't unite, then they just going to keep picking us apart. But after that, I come from a civil engineering background. So you have a community planner. They got your five-year, 10-year, 20-year plan. We got to start thinking about the future. We got to start thinking, like Larry said, we got to get some of us in the, the top four. Get us as politicians, get us as lawyers, and then we can start making those changes. Get us in Congress. We got to quit thinking about that ideology of just being a rapper or just being a ball player and start looking at how can we make direct change. And everybody needs to start doing things at their level. We talk about uniting and gathering and sticking together. We don't, at the lowest level, we don't even speak. We divide it. We think it's, ooh, not to socialize. Only time we really socialize now is on social media. And then when something happens, we're supposed to galvanize. No, we still going to be divided. Yeah. So it's like we need to start at your level. If you're a banker, instead of just talking about Housewives of Atlanta, start talking to people about finances, about diversifying, about having multiple sources of income. If you're in the medical field, Let's talk about getting, you know, eating better, living healthier. If you're a, a gym rat, let's talk about the benefits of health. And if you are one of those good talks, talk to other people about why it's important to be on the force and to, you know what I'm saying, enforce in your own community and make it better and start breaking down those stereotypes and stop snitching. We want the cops <laughs> to, to snitch on each other, but we ain't going to snitch. 
right. mean, we could go on and on. We violent the system, but we just got to start doing something other than just posting, you know what I'm saying, run 2.3 miles. Because if something happened to me, I'm born July 3rd. Ain't none of y'all running 7.3 miles. (laughs) 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 So it's like, we just need to just all take a breath, me included, sit back and wake up and say, what am I going to do today to help us? And us might just be your family, your circle, your community, and hopefully build up to the human race. Because at the end of the day, just like Phil said, we Americans. Yeah. But right now, something is happening to black people at a disproportionate rate. And we got to start doing for ourselves to force the bully to stop beating us up. So other than that, all we're going to do is keep running around in circles and posting and arguing about everybody else's comment when they're just trying to do something at their level. Yeah. So hopefully that helps to show out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so emotional, bro. That's but all I, good. I'm just so fired up because I hear all y'all pain. Yeah. And I just want y'all to know the world is feeling it. Yeah. And we behind each other, but we just got to find a way to galvanize. You're right. All right, so I'm done. Like I said, thanks for the show, bro. You, you are part of the change. And big shout out to Phil, too, because, bro, <laughs> I mean, you know, for our military, too. So, you know, we, we know how to galvanize with each other. But what he's doing right now is showing that, hey, there's hope. And there's people out there that's not looking like us that's going to help us get to where we need to be. Right on. All right, that's it for real, for real. All right. All right hey, so, I appreciate I'll, you, I'll dog. You, hey, be good. <laughs> Later. Yeah, all right. Yo. Hey, it's so on that, you know, um, and it kind of seems like the running theme uh, of, of your callers and, and even some of the commentary is, you know, it goes back to accountability. Um, you know, I, I'm going to teach you guys a phrase that, you know, look, even Seth called it, man, when he, he saw this hillbilly reach out to him on Facebook, right? You know, one of the, one of the first things that I told him was, man, give me an opportunity to fail you. You know, that, that, that line in itself, man, that can get your foot in so many doors. But, you know, we got to and, – and even even white people, I mean, we got to police ourselves, man. We hear this this ignorant ass, you know, uh, anytime a black per- – and this is – man, I just get on. All right, so when we hear about – you know, people talk about black-on-black crime, and then usually the common retort you hear is or, – or white-on-black crime, you hear – well, what about black on black crime? When are y'all going to worry about Chicago that had what 50, 50 deaths in it uh, yesterday or Memorial Day weekend? We're not. That's not on the news. You know that's ridiculous, man. By 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 people, by especially by white folks, man, going out there and minimizing an argument, man. You can't quantify pain, dude. And and we need we got to cut that shit out. All right. If the if the black person is saying, hey, you know, white on black crime is a problem. The response, it should not be, well, what about the black-on-black crime? The response should be, what can I do to help? You know, and, and unfortunately, the common thing when I've asked that question, hey, Seth, man, what can I do to help as a white person? Not Seth, but but people that look like Seth will say, well, Philip, you ain't black. You can't understand And, and black you problems. know, and that's the issue. Man, let me tell you something, Phil. I appreciate you saying that because I remember you saying that, but I had to have a conversation with myself. 
seriously because I have witnessed and experienced so much mess by individuals that look like you. But what I had to realize is that they were not you. So I'm asking the viewers out there, understand who you are and understand the individuals that are around you because it's hard. Trust me, it is. I mean, it's, it's different when you're in the military, right? Everybody wear the same uniform, but not everybody have the same cloth, if that makes sense, right? Because we go through all types of stuff all the time, but you have to be willing to have that open conversation. You have to be willing. Now, don't be a sucker, you know what I mean? Because I had to check him out. I mean, look, he could have been a troll to say, hey, you know, rah, rah, you know, all this other, hey, listen, we ain't got time for that, right? I had to do my research, but I ask you all, Humble yourself to do the to do the research and 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 be willing, because if you truly, truly, truly want to be a part of the change, you're going to have to change certain things about you first. And that's real. Right. I had to do that. I mean, seriously, like I said before, my cousin Emmett Till. Oh, my God. Are you serious? So is there so much back here? I'm like, if I was there, you get what I'm saying? So it hurts. It hurt, but I was so glad to have this conversation with Phil and to do that. So I'm encouraging y'all to do the same thing. It's easy. It's easy. It takes it takes time, but it is easy. And once you do, you will see the love. All right. You have to see got, the love. But I got a question for you, Seth. Yeah, go ahead. What's up? Actually, a question I'd like to hear from everybody, mm -hmm. you know, and all right. So I was talking to a friend of mine. His name was Michael Wooder. He's a, he's a uh, soldier out in uh, North Carolina. He mm -hmm. asked me the pointed question. He said, Philip, would you change your race right now? Would you want to be a black man in America? Mm. I said, hell no. He said, why? I said, man, look at what's going on. You know, it don't seem like it's, it's, it's very fair for black people. He's like, Philip, I'm successful. I'm a successful black man. And it got me thinking, man, maybe, maybe I answered his own question with my own bias. And I was, I was quite ashamed when I said it. So I'm going to ask you, I'd like to ask everybody here, man. Would you want to be white today? If you could change your race, if you could wake up tomorrow and be white, would you? And why? Damn, that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know what? I'll let the Dan answer. What you got, Will? What you think? I, I got that one. My answer is going to be no. Um, I'm good with being who I am. I'm proud of my heritage. I'm proud of what we represent as black people and what we bring to this entire world. A lot of things are mimicked off of things that came from the African heritage. So I think knowing that my ancestors were kings and queens versus just slaves, it does something to me and it gives me a different form of energy to progress through life, even in the midst of oppositional forces in front of us to still be successful and not stop that journey. So that's my answer. Dig it. Herm, what about you? I mean, like, like you, you, I know, I know you think you're dark skinned for real, but, uh, Here we go. So if, Here we go. <laughs> but no, seriously, hey. that's a good question though. It is. And I'm, I am so glad that you asked that because nobody really reverses that question on you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad you asked that Phil. And my answer is no as well. Um, only because I've always been happy with me and my experience is good or bad. Maybe who I am today. And I really couldn't envision me being anybody else or me being from a different culture. You know, I come from two different cultures, Korean and black. And, you know, I'm very proud of that. And, and I, and I, and I find it funny is that I could say that I'm proud of that, but it, it's hard for a white man to be able to say I'm proud to be white. 
without getting looked at with a side eye. You know what I mean? Uh, Hell yeah, stuff. because now I'm a racist because I say that. <laughs> right. Not, so, you know, I'm not so, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I love that you asked that question because it was never flipped on me, but no, nah, I, would, I wouldn't switch. Larry. Nah, unequivocally, no. You know, not only within the African-American uh, community culture that we have our own divides as far as light skin and dark skin, right? So I'm up, the, I'm at the opposite end of that. So when I walk in the room, it ain't no question what I am, right? So you already know, and, and I'm being real, nine times out of ten, I walk in the room, I already got two strikes against me. So I'm already fighting an uphill battle. So why would I want to make it any easier, right? For me, hey, I'm proud of it. I don't want to know what it's like to be on the other side. And, and, and you know, it is what it is. George. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm a little lighter, I guess. So my hair is very coarse. So it's obvious if you know the hair texture. It don't matter. No, no, shut up. You got good hair. No, I'm joking. Right. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. <laughs> but but no, for real, man. I um, You know, I'm, I'm proud uh, to be black as well. And, you know, for me, I've enjoyed to a degree um, fighting and, and, and setting that, that precedent to a degree where I'm at. Uh, of of being black but oh. being of being black but got you. Oh, all right. So hey, so Hello. yeah. Uh oh, hold on one minute, one minute. All right, hey guys, hey, we got a caller, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that after this. So who we got? Hello. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. You got to cut down the live, brother. Okay, I'm trying to. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was calling because uh, I'm, I'm on a uh, push man. But uh, just even today earlier, uh, I just happened to go down to Washington Park, and you got somebody standing out there at the JJK Center with a uh, sign. Uh, you know, it was a white couple with a sign saying "Don't Pritzker." You know, and I just wonder how. You know, and I just got infuriated because. Uh, it's stuff like that that I don't appreciate because we would not go into Troy or out in uh, some of these other areas that we don't live in and do something like that. And it just kind of shocked me. They had the uh, Illinois Highway Patrol sitting there. Uh, you had Channel 4 News down there. And nobody out there standing around, nobody saying, hey, get out of our neighborhood. You no, know, we, we just don't do that. And it's, it's disrespectful. And I don't appreciate uh, things like that. And also, uh, as far as being law enforcement, I, I, me personally, I have went and uh, applied uh, to be an auxiliary officer down in East St. Louis. And I was met with black uh, policemen down there that were saying, you don't want to join our force down here. You might want to go to Belleville or some other district because it's kind of corrupt down here. And so, I mean, how do you, how do, you do that? Mm. Mm. You you join in and don't be corrupt, Bruh. You join in and don't be corrupt. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Hey, but listen, I want to thank you for calling in, though, brother. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Thanks. Okay, you welcome. Thank you. Right. Yeah. So so that 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 makes some that makes a lot of sense. That 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 really makes some sense, man. I mean, ah. So what do you do, right? What do you do when you're being shunned? And by the way, those that really couldn't hear what he was saying, he said that there was um, uh, some white people that was by the Jackie Joyner uh, Community Center saying that, you know, get rid of the governor. 
essentially, right? And so he's saying, why do they feel as though it's okay to go into East St. Louis and do this, but you wouldn't do this in your own community? And honestly, um, and, and so, I mean, I can I can understand. I do. I do understand it, but I mean, it's it's straight. Hold on one second. Got another caller. Hey, how y'all doing? Who, who's calling? Hello? Uh-oh. Are you there? Goodness gracious, I think he hung up. Uh-oh, hello? Hello. Yeah, who's who's calling? Hey, this is Jay Will. Oh, Jay Will, what's up, man? What you got, brother? What's happening, now? Am, am I on? I know my live is behind. Yeah, bro, bro, you on. You on live, live. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. What's up, y'all? What up? Hey, so what I wanted to do was, I didn't want to uh, jump back too far into the conversation, but I think, I think we overthink problems sometimes when we uh when we're trying to solve them and uh even with this situation even as hard as it is etc um i think the solution is really easy when you only look at yourself and not the other individual and uh what i mean is is like we're talking about change hey we want to change what do we got to do what do we got to do but then we keep pressing what are, what are they going to do? What is police force going to do? What are they going to do? Okay, if they do that, then I'm going to change this, you know. And I don't want to get too long-winded, but it's a simple problem-solution. you got a problem, what can I do to change? And then focus on that. Yeah. And I, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yo. I didn't want to get too long-winded on that. But no, 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 yeah. no, no. It's a good point, bro. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I appreciate y'all. No, no doubt. So, yo, that that makes sense, right? And and I think that we're all in agreement when we say be the change that you want to see. Because yes, we do know that things have been uh constructed and designed against us in certain situations, right? Or there's individuals that are in those institutions that have a different thought process, but you have to challenge yourself. And so, but Philip, I do want to answer that question, man, if I could now, man, let me think about it. Yo, here I am. It's a 2020 right now. Would I like to be a white man right now? Right. At the age of 40 looking, look, looking, looking like this. Oh man. Man, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, hello. Somebody's calling in. What's going on, sir? Jay Hey, what's going on? Go ahead. You got to cut down your uh your live, brother. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. All right. Now who is who yeah, who is this again? JR. That's him. Oh, JR, what's going on, brother Junior? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Man, man. Hey, I think my Think my live is a little backed up, man. I wish it was on the same time as as we talking. No, it's all good. Go ahead. What you got? But no, nah, man. I just uh, there was a call just came in talking about you know us having to basically work on ourselves before you know talking about the others. And my thing with that is just the problem is like everybody always comes up to where we have to continue to change. Like how often do we have to keep changing before you know others change? It only gets to that point where we're you know pointing the finger like, okay, it's time for you to change because. We keep having mm. to do different things for stuff to change, and it's still not changing. So at what point do we say, okay, look, y'all need to step up and change what y'all doing because we can't take it no more. We can't do nothing. And yeah. then, uh, for yeah. the, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then, uh, I had a couple questions. But uh, for, for Philip, man, I definitely want to thank him for coming on there and giving a different perspective. But I definitely wanted to ask, uh, like, because 
as the example he put up for the question, I just want to put out there if he noticed it, like when he said, you know, he didn't want to be, if he had the opportunity to trade places, he wouldn't do it because he thought, you know, now nah, I don't want to be black. Look what's going on in the media. Look, look what's going on in today's world with them right now. It wasn't because of, you know, how he feels as being a white person. It's just he didn't want to have that stuff happen to him. Mm-hmm. Now, when you asked everybody else on the panel, you know, what's going on? Would you rather just switch from being uh, black to white? Everybody said no, because it's not about, you know, our privilege or what's going on. It's about our actual culture. We love who we are. It's not because white people are having it bad or having it good. We love who we are, opposed to what he was saying is he doesn't want to be black because of what's actually happening to them. He's not saying he loves being white. He loves their upbringing. He loves how uh, their culture is. He's just saying he just doesn't want to get shot down or go through the same things we're going through. Yo. So it's, well, there's, I mean, there's kind more of, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to chime in. You know, here's the thing. If I had to be black tomorrow, I, there, there's no way in hell I could pull it off because, you know, look, it, it's no secret. There is a huge racist problem in this country. I, now, I don't believe that, that we are racist as a country, but we got a lot of racist individuals that are controlling the narrative. I don't know how I would be able to handle how I could absorb you know, waking up and, and having somebody, you know, start spitting that venom at me, you know, no, because here's the thing. You also got to remember, sir, like we said, like we kind of joked, we, it was in jest earlier, but you know, you got to remember, man, I'm not our society. I'm not allowed to say I'm proud to be white because that makes me racist. So, you know, y'all, y'all, you can say I'm proud to be black all day long, every day of the week and twice on Sundays and nobody bats an eye. But if I took the same platform, you didn't say, Hey, I'm proud to be white. Hell yeah. There he is with his white privilege. There's the male version of Karen. I don't know. Is it Carl? You know, no, it's Carl. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. You, you know. And, and that's his white privilege coming out. Oh, hold on. Yeah, but I don't really think it's more so with people saying, like, okay, I'm proud to be white, that they have a problem with and say that they're racist. Is when you ask people who are saying, I'm proud to be white, and they're throwing out the, you know, Nazi signs or they have a, a Make America Great Again, like, you're proud to be white. When was America great? Like, what did you guys want? Or what time was it when it was great? And that most people are talking about slavery days, you know? So when people add that into the whole mix, if somebody just came down the street and said, no, I'm proud to be white. I want to be white. I'm happy with that. Nobody looks at them that way, but it's always the extra little stuff that come along with that. It's never just a, you know, I love who I am and I love, you know, my family and stuff like that. How it was brought up It's all this extra stuff. So that's why they get that eye. But, but let me ask you something, brother. How old are you? I'm 32. 32 years old. Have you made some mistakes? Have you fallen on your dick a couple of times in your life? Oh, definitely. That's some stuff you're not, not, not proud of? Definitely. All right. Are you a great man? I believe so. Baby, America is great. We have a lot of black guys. We have a lot of times where we, as a country, we're the new kids on the block, man. We haven't been a country very long. So we're still in our adolescent phase. America is a great country. And if you don't believe me, go to another one. I'm telling you, you know, there's there's a lot of greatness that's here, and there's a lot of great people that are here. So I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, but, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not a Trumper that I'm not a MAGA guy. I, I think that's stupid. But man, no, America no, I understand that. I'm just saying. But every, I mean, like you said, America is great. But if that's the case, why are so many people, mostly white people, saying let's make it great again? Hey. I, I understand you said you're not a MAGA guy, but that's what a, a, a lot of perception comes from is from that. Hey. Hey, brother. Hey, listen. Hey, thanks for that call. We got to keep it moving, man. But thank you. you. All right. Thanks, brother. All right. Hello. Yes. Hi. How are you? Hey, we're doing good. Who's calling? 
Naya Humphrey. Hey, Maya Humphrey. So what you got to add? Um, pretty much. I'm just watching it live. And, you know, I didn't start in the beginning of it because I wasn't in. I caught you guys in the end. And I'm listening to what the gentleman is saying on the phone. And when he's talking about make America great. And I do. I agree with the person on the phone. When was America great? Mm-hmm. When we were being killed? Not we, but our ancestors. I have two black sons and two black daughters, and I don't only fear for my sons now. I fear for my daughters, too, because our lives are expendable to anyone. My mother is white. My father is black. I don't have the, the white privilege world, and there is a white privilege. People don't understand. You cannot, as a white person, walk around and say, I understand what a black person goes through. When we walk in a store and we're constantly looked at, we have we don't have the same advantages that most white people do. And like I said, my mother's white and my father's black. All right. So America was never great. You you know it was never great. You you're right. But neither is any other country. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. We are the epitome of. It, it's sad. It's not humanity. It's people who choose to be evil. Yes. And you can change and change and change and change, but it doesn't make any difference because there has been so much change. Look at Martin Luther King. He had a dream. Then there was Malcolm X. But how many people had to die? And it's still no change. So, no, nobody wants to be a black person in today's society. I do. But I have to definitely watch my son every single day and my daughter. That's right. You know what? We want to thank you. Thank you, ma'am, for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, so to that point, and we're going to get ready to wrap this on up. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank you all for for tuning in. Oh, my God. This this has been good. This has been real good. I want to thank everybody for, uh, for being on and sharing. But I do have to say, to, to answer the question, if I could change... Couldn't do it, brother. I couldn't do it. The reason why I couldn't is because it took me so long, so long to learn how to love myself that if I had the chance, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I would not be able to look myself in the mirror. And what I mean by that is just like what Larry was saying, talking about being dark skin and everything. Listen, I had more uh, more issues with individuals that look like me when I was younger than white people. You get what I'm saying? So I had to go through that, right? Then we had, first of all, it, we had to go through system or things that's in our own uh, household, right? Our own family, that judgment. Hey, you talk too smart, right? You sound too white, right? You think you smart, blah, blah. You too black, you too this, you too that. I had to learn how to love Seth. Right. Get older. Right now I'm in the military. Well, but yeah, before that, then I'm doing things I didn't have to do to be validated. I didn't love myself. Right. Coming to the military, had to do things for the wrong reason, do the right things for the right reasons and all of that. And then I had to fight, still fight, fight, fight with individuals that look like you, Phil, and then individuals that look like me. But I still had to, to in order to accomplish anything. In order to accomplish anything, I had to love myself first. So if on today, 
May, what's this is, 27, 20, whatever. If you gave me that pill, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it. Because ultimately it's about love. But you have to love yourself in order to love your neighbor. And then we can make change. Now, to the young lady's point, there have been individuals that died along the way. But there has been change that's been made from that. Right. We have little Malcolms. We have little Martins. We have little, we have people all over there, all over the world. That's about making change. But all we have to do come together and we can still do it. Now, we don't have to do it the same way, but we can move together. But I want to thank you, though. I do. I want to thank you, George. I want to thank you, Phil and the Lions. Then, of course, as always, brothers, I know this was this wasn't easy. This was not easy, y'all. Um, but I thank y'all for, for for riding with us. You know, this, this this is some this is some bullshit. And with that being said, this cannot be the last conversation. But we need to build from it. You get what I mean? We get, we don't want to spend all the time talking about the problem. We know what it is. You dig? We know what the problems are, but not we don't know the solution. But just like I think we all can agree that. We need to be the change that we want to see as individuals and with inside. Hey, final word. What you got, George? Anything? I mean, uh, again, thank you all for uh, the opportunity for the platform to just come and talk. Man, uh, I agree with you that this can't be the only conversation. It must be like one of the first, one of the ones that kind of we build off of and continue to grow off of. So, no, man, uh, thank you, Seth. Thank you, Lions Den. Thank you, Philip, for the opportunity. And I hope we can continue to have this dialogue as we move forward and and try to build on something greater. Absolutely. Phil, what you got, brother? Again, thank you for coming on, man, and and being our token. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But no, being the voice. So seriously, man, I want to thank you. What you got to the viewers? Um, You got anything you want to say to the viewers? Well, first first of the den, man, much respect to you guys for what you do. Um, We we, we called it before we started, man. We knew this was going to be a long one. We knew this was going to get uncomfortable at times, and Thank you so much for allowing me to come on. I'm, I'm glad that you you took this on, Seth. Um, to the viewers, look, um, I don't know, I don't know how many other white folks you have watching, but look, to my white friends, man, quit being afraid of black people. All right, black people. Look, I'm telling you, as somebody who talks to races all the different times, because I have a lot of, I have a, I have a huge platform of so many different races. Um, Man, we got a lot in common. And don't be afraid to walk up and go, hey, Seth, man, what's it like being a black man? Tell me. And I'm telling you, Seth will have a story to tell me. Because he, you know, and that's the thing. They they need to be heard and we need to be we need to be willing to understand. Don't, you know, don't try to quantify well what well, you know, I can't, you know, like I said earlier, well, you know, you hear these these dumbasses out there that'll sit there and say, Well, they got you know what black people don't have them they got a black entertainment television how come not a white one <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> i remember you saying that right yeah oh yeah 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 we got bet we got it bet and fubu right we got and fubu yeah i mean you you know the thing is look you know they um young lady you know she's she's upset you know she don't believe that america's great but look guys i mean i i guess because i still bluff for my country um it is great to me and, and that's all that matters. But the only way that we get better is, you know, I, to the analogy, Seth, that you and I talked about on our phone call. You know, I said that the, the, the America's growing tone deaf to the black voice, the, that one instrument. But, you know, the only way that uh, an orchestra can be successful 
is if the, the conductor turns his back to the crowd, silences the noise, and focuses on the task at hand. And that orchestra comes up of your woodwinds, your strings, your percussions, you know, your horns. I mean, they're, we have the ability to police ourselves, and, and it all starts in November. I mean, if you really want change, man, let's, let's, let's start cleaning house, man, and start putting in people that are us. That's just that's my take, guys. No, I can dig it. And you know what? And, and to the young lady's point, I, I think she was speaking on behalf of individuals that saying, you know, let's make a, America great again. You know, and but it, yeah. it's it's already great. You know, it's it, as a matter of fact, it's conversations like this that makes it great. You get what I'm saying? Because 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 we're able to counsel. Go ahead. I want to add just one more thing. Look, if you're a part of the Triple K or uh, Nazis or anything like that, um, here's one for you. All right, and this is for me to you, especially gift wrapped and everything. All right, y'all can go straight to hell. All right, y'all are y'all are the problem with this country. You know. For the fact that look, it's it's free speech. I get it. It's pre- peaceful protest. I get it. But you're still a horse's ass. So if ain't nobody else going to do it, if our president ain't going to do it, I'm going to call you out. You are pieces of shit, and you should you know feel free to inject yourself with some disinfectant. All right, but for the rest of you, man, I love you all. Thank you so much, man. No doubt, no doubt, man, boy. <laughs> You know what? Hey, but no, I got to give you a shout out though, both of you guys, man. I mean, y'all, hey, listen, y'all, y'all, y'all taking some blows, especially you, Phil. Man, you you took some blows, and and I mean, I knew you wasn't afraid to do that, but I, I commend you though, seriously, I really do, I really do. Larry, what you got, bro? Well, man, I appreciate you and your perspective. Very, very well respected. Thank you for coming on, George. You make sure we didn't forget about you, man. I appreciate your your perspective and into the cash y'all already know what it is Herm you still not light skin so stop acting like you are uh, I mean you're not dark skin so stop acting like you are but anyway I just want to shout out man and, and just say this was a uh, great discussion uh, and, and I'll end it on this man listen uh, and, and most people probably won't like this when I say it but hey, I tell you what the Obama's represented us well all right in the highest court in the highest house in the highest position in this country man they represented us well and like Michelle Obama said when they go low you go high good point good point damn right what you got will and great show um great conversation uh, I, I like it when people are able to hear other individuals I think is is well needed to offer up a different perspective so we're not always speculating what people think and how they feel um i I will say in the midst of all this stuff that's going on don't forget your role don't forget that you have the capability to influence change whether that's at work at church a grocery store you got to start calling out this bullshit because when you're silent you're part of that problem and i think that's the big issue we have no one wants to be vulnerable they don't want to be put with a, or associated with certain people because of the outlash and the backlash. At some point, we all got to just be fucking Americans, no matter if you're white, black, or anything else, because we're all human, and that's what really matters. So I commend you, Philip, for stepping up to say, white nationalist cake, fuck them. I appreciate you for being honest because I feel the same way. And for my man, George Boy, hey, I appreciate you for what you do, brother, by educating young kids and putting something positive in their mind because they don't always have it at home. And to my, my crew, my Lions Dan crew, man, I love y'all brothers, man. Hey, 
only way to go is up because we have no ceilings, man. I appreciate y'all for everybody listening, man. Hey, do your part, man. Love you guys. Alrighty, alrighty, Herm, what you got, bro? Hey, so first things first, I want to thank the listeners, man. I know there was a whole lot of energy behind this topic. Um, we could tell by how the phone lines was jumping. I didn't think we was going to get out of here tonight. So thank you guys. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening. Hopefully y'all was listening with open minds and open hearts. Uh, first to George, man. Hey, I want you to recognize your part. I think you do. That it really starts with you. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody alluded to earlier that the kids spend most of their time with you. So you're going to leave an impact. You're 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 going to be one of the first influences these kids have going out into the real world. So thank you for what you do. I love the way that your mind is set up, and I know that those kids down there in Kentucky are in good hands. And for Philip, man, I really appreciate what you what you did did tonight. I can only imagine how I would feel if I was in your shoes. You know what I'm saying? To answer to some of these questions, and um, you know, because. Not all of your not all of your ideals align with ours, but you still wasn't afraid. You still wasn't apologetic. You know what I'm saying? You spoke how you felt. And I think that I hope that a lot of people understand it's all about hearts and minds and communications like this is what's key for us to understand each other and to move forward. I really want to thank you for coming here today. You know what I'm saying? I was excited to know that you was coming because I knew what you, what you stood for. So thank you and continue to do the good work that you're doing. Uh, one thing I do want to leave with is we was talking about statistics earlier um, when we was talking about like the crime and all that stuff. One thing I want the the den and our, our listeners to understand is when we get to talking about statistics, we need to think about why it's that way. Answer that question. Why are, why is it this way? And I guarantee you that it's not going to start with, you know, it's black folks fault. That's all I got. Thank y'all. And there it is. So again, I do want to thank you all. Uh, thank you for for tuning in. And if <clears throat> if you're not following, make sure you do. This is something to follow. All right, it's something to follow because we we are here to encourage leadership, growth, development, but also action. So take this conversation. Do not stop it. Okay, do not stop this conversation. It is something that we need to need to have with individuals, not just in our home, but when you go to work, when you you know, when you when you going up down the street with your mask on, of course, make sure you, you're willing and you open to have this conversation, because, again, a change isn't going to stop. And also to those statistics, we got to think about where did the statistics come from? Right. Just like history, man. I mean, damn it. If it's coming from one way, I'm going to be the hero in the book that I write, period. You dig what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure that no matter what is is out there, I'm going to make sure it's going to lean to what I wanted to say. You know what I mean? So to to, to Herm's point, I want you all to be, you know, be leery, be leery of that. Right. And what are you doing with those statistics and what part of those statistics do you play in? If that makes sense. But anyway, yo, this was the Lions Den. We love y'all. Seriously, it starts with love first. And we are going to holler at you. One. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, We'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. 
Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com. A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.